I want to discuss what are the implications of thinking and believing that Jesus died on the cross for every single person in the world. We got to talk about that today. The only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. Welcome everybody to the Prescribing Truth Podcast right here on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash prescribe truth. If this is your first time watching me, please consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell on the side so you can be notified when I have new content if you find this content helpful. You can listen to me also on your favorite podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, if you'd like to connect with me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribe.truth at gmail.com or calling in at 801-980-6333. That information is at the bottom in the description. If you'd like to support me financially, you can do so by donating to me at the link below or partnering with me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash prescribe truth. I have different awards here starting anywhere from a dollar and up. Whatever you can afford would be great and it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, today, I want to talk about Colossians 2.14. Now, I did a Facebook Live the other day and um, a friend of mine, a good brother of mine in the Lord, uh, brought up Colossians 2.14. And though this was a scripture I was going to look into eventually, um, I was dealing with uh, salvation and dealing with the assurance of the believer that if you are a Christian, you can be assured of your salvation. It's a promise given by God, and he intends to keep his promises. But Colossians 2.14 is a different thing for me. Uh, I, I look at that as far as the atonement. For whom did Christ die? There are a lot of people who believe that Christ died for everybody. I mean, every single person they walk the face of God's earth. If that's the case, there's some implications we have to deal with. And that's what I want to look at concerning Colossians 2. So you'll find this very interesting. Look, I understand if this is very touchy for you. If, if you find a problem with thinking that Christ only died for certain people. Hey, I get it. But I will ask you and I will encourage you to not think emotionally concerning this. But take the word of God for what it says. Think logically concerning these things and go from there. Let the word be true and every man a liar. So um, this is the thing. I want to be able to show you that if Christ died for every single person that walked the earth, then that would mean that no one would be going to hell. I believe that's what the scripture teaches concerning Christ's death on the cross, that his blood that was shed wasn't payment maybe. It was payment definitely. And if it was payment, definitely, then the indication is that for who that he died for means that they'll be saved. Their sins are forgiven. So we want to look at that. And so um, we're going to Colossians 2, 14. Now, before I get to Colossians 2, 14, we're going to build some context to Colossians 2. Um, Paul, writing to believers. These are, this is not a, um, a letter written to unbelievers, those who don't love Christ, don't know Christ. These people are believers in Christ. They're born again believers, filled with the Holy Spirit. If you read chapter one, you know, Paul talks about them being reconciled to God through Christ and all of that. So there are some implications here we have to deal with, you know. And so please leave the emotions at the door or better yet at the other screen you clicked off of. And this video here, please, please, please listen with your Bible open. And your mind attentive to what the scripture says. Remember, scripture cannot contradict itself. So no, no one is pitting one scripture against others. But if one scripture contradicts or seems to contradict, there is an issue. And so I believe that the Bible is uh, without error. 
and that it is true, that there are no contradictions, and that with the right understanding, everything in the scriptures are harmonious and makes complete sense. Okay? So, um, without further ado, let's go to East Sword and check, and check it out. Alright, so Colossians 2, and I want to start at verse 6. And so, this gives the context of who Paul is speaking to. It says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So this goes to show, as I was saying earlier, that Paul is speaking to a group of believers. These are people who receive Christ. Not going to receive, not maybe receive. These are people who are already have received Christ as the Lord. And so he is imploring them, so walk in him. So if you receive Christ as the Lord, so walk in him. Then it says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So these are things that he's encouraging to believers. You don't have to hear this talk being given to unbelievers. You know, they're called to repent and believe the gospel. But to believers, we encourage each other look, do not be given away by philosophy, empty deceit. According to human tradition, this is something you encourage believers with. Verse 9 For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So here it goes once again, talking to believers, and you have been filled in him. Okay? So they're in Christ. And then verse 11 In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. By putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. This is the work of the Spirit. It's just showing more so how he's speaking to believers, okay? I just want you to get that context. He's speaking to believers. And then he says, verse 12, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through, the, through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. Now I'm going to pause here. I'm going, give a little, I'm going to give a little side note here. A lot of people who believe in baptismal regeneration uses this verse as proof text. That is false. This verse has nothing to do with saying that baptism saves. Just a side note. I got to get this tangent out. It says, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, raised him from the dead. Now, as Christians, we don't believe we're saved by works. So they will say, well, this is not a work. This is the work of God. And they use this verse as proof text. But this doesn't say baptism was a work of God. It says the raising up of believers is the work of God. The raising up of believers. The raising up. He said you were raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. That's the work of the spirit. Okay. Side note over. All right. Just want to throw that in there. So verse 13 says, and you were dead in your trespasses so this is past tense you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh god made alive together with him having forgiven us all our trespasses this is key this is so key all right by which way has god forgiven us all our trespasses i mean is it by you doing your works i mean is it by you going to church is it by you reading your bible I mean, it's about you doing good, helping an old lady cross the street. 
In which way has God forgiven us all our trespasses? And you were dead in your trespasses. God made a lot together with Christ. He did this. He did this to you. If you are a believer, you are in Christ. He made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Now, we got to think about this word all here. See, now we know the word all is always taken out of context in some areas. All means different things depending on, depending on this context. Well, there's other way to look at this all here. It says, forgiving us all our trespasses. All. Now, it kills me. People who believe that Christ died for all people will say, will use um, John 3.16 and say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that anyone who believes in him or those believing in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But say it's, so they take the scripture and says, well, he says all the world. So the world must mean every single person. Every single person. Well, let's stick with that logic for a second. Because here it says, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Now, there's another scripture that says that Christ, that, um, Christ died for all. I mean, is he talking about all people? Well, if you're given that logic, got to use that same logic with this here. Forgiving us all our trespasses. And this is where I want you to see the implications of believing that all people that Christ died for every single person. And I'm going to show you why. This is not it. It says if we, this because this is not talking about Christ's death yet. This, this is saying this is what happened. God made, it, made you alive together with him and raised him from the dead. This is what it's talking about. And also having forgiven you all your trespasses. All. Not some of your trespasses. Not, you know, not a couple of them, not a few of them, but all. And then some will say, well, that's if you believe. Well, belief is good and non-belief is sin which would mean it's a trespass so if you don't believe you're still sinning so that would be included in the all all our trespasses so it must mean all your trespasses except belief but that's not what the scripture says oh i'm sorry except unbelief but that's not what the scripture says it says forgiving us all our trespasses see that but then somebody, then I heard, I've heard somebody say this before. Well, then you saying people don't have to believe. No, because there's all implications here. Look what he says earlier. He's talking about, hey, you've been filled in him. You're filled in Christ. Born again, a new heart, new desires. That means you do believe in God. You do believe in Christ. You follow his example. You see? So no, these things won't be true of you. You will not go out there and willfully sin because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, but to know that your past sins, all of your sins, even your past, present and future sins will be forgiven. Is forgiven. I mean, this is, this is not saying this is a future tense. This is something that has already happened for the believer. It says, and you who are dead in your trespasses, uncircumcised flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. This is something that has already taken place. It's not a future. It's not a future thing. You've already been forgiven if you're a believer. But verse, verse 14 is the key. Is the key. By counseling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. I'm going to highlight that real quick. So how, in which way did God forgive us all our trespasses? He did so by counseling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Sin 
is a legal offense. We broke his law and we deserve justice. But if we are in Christ, if we are born again, that sin debt, that legal debt is canceled. The full record, not some of it, not just your past, but all of it is canceled. All your trespasses are canceled by canceling the debt that stood against us with his legal demands. What is the legal demand? That you spend an eternity apart from God, that you spend an eternity in hell. The legal demand is that because you broke God's law, you deserve justice, eternal punishment, and damnation. That's the legal demand, but it's been canceled. And he says, this he set aside. What, is, what, is, what was set aside? That certificate of debt. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Ooh, come on. I hope you hear this. This he set aside. Who set it aside? God. Who set it aside? God set it aside, nailing it to the cross. So this goes on with my video I did last week, how the believer can be assured of their salvation. If you're born again, filled with the spirit, not only will you not have a desire to sin no more, but because you're still living in this sinful, rebellious flesh, you're going to still sin. But your heart towards your sin is different. And also, God has promised that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise and all your sin has been canceled, not when you believed. <laughs> but at the cross 2,000 years ago plus my sins were nailed on the cross I was born in 1988 I'm telling some, some of y'all my age I was born in 1988 but my sins were forgiven at the cross according to the scriptures that means all my life in rebellion all my all my disrespect towards God, all my hatred towards God. He knew because he declared the ending from the beginning. He knew the day that I would be brought to know the truth by his spirit. Praise God. And if we're a believer, that's encouraging. All of our sins are forgiven. But now back to the point. If we believe that Christ died on the cross. For every single person. That means. This scripture. These three scriptures. These, this set of scriptures I read. Means that every single person. Their sins are forgiven. And that means. That every single person. Goes to heaven. That's the implications. But that's heresy. That's not true. Jesus said. There will be those who go to hell. So this will make Jesus a liar. That's not the case. That means that somebody is misunderstanding the scriptures. Concerning what John 3.16 says, the world. In, in 1 John 2, it talks about the world. The propitiation, not of ours only, but also for those of the world. You're misunderstanding that then. You can't take that to mean every single person. You have to see. That when it's talking about the world, given in a Jewish context, given how the law was given to the Hebrews, to the, to the Israelites, 
that means that they're just simply saying that, hey, not only the Jews receive the gospel, but also the Gentiles, every other nation. Doesn't mean every single person in every other nation, but every nation. That's what Jesus says. Go, therefore, and preach the gospel to every people group, all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, he says, go, therefore, and, and preach the gospel to all nations. But is every single person going to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? No. But we know, in general, we know generally what Jesus is speaking about. So here, these are the implications. Now, I did a video not too long ago. I'm dealing with Carlton Pearson, uh, the, the, the movie that came on Netflix, Come Sunday, and uh, how basically how he started preaching the doctrine of inclusion. Basically how there's nobody who goes to hell, everybody goes to heaven. Everybody. And one of the scriptures he used in the movie is 1 John 2. That Jesus is not only the propitiation for our sins, but also for those of the whole world. But see, for those of you who believe that Jesus died for everybody, Carlton Pearson only took that a step further, given its logical conclusion. If you believe that Jesus died for everybody, well, the scripture says clearly that he's the propitiation for our sins. If that's the case, everybody's sins are forgiven. No matter where you are, no matter what you believe, no matter if you follow Buddha, Allah, or whatever, you're going to heaven because Jesus died for everybody's sins. So I know this may hurt some of you guys. I know, I know, I know that this is going to tuck you to heartstrings. You're like, this can't be true. Jamal, you tell a lie. No. The scriptures teach what they teach. And we have to humble ourselves before God's word and let God's word be true. Though every man be a liar. All right. So once again, let me sum this up real quick, real fast. In Colossians 2. I started at verse 6. I ended at verse 14. We see here that those who are in Christ, their sins are forgiven. All of their sins. But, how, but when does that happen? How does that happen? It happened when Christ died on the cross. So, if that's the case, when Jesus died on the cross, unless, unless, God's purpose in Christ down on the cross was for the redemption of a particular people to himself. Other than that, everybody's sins are forgiven, canceled. Look what verse 13 says again. You were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made live together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. This is by canceling the record of debt that stood against us. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. But when Jesus stretched his arms wide on that cross, he canceled the sin debt, all those for whom he died. So, if you believe that Jesus died for every single person, then be prepared for the logical conclusion that everyone's sins are automatically forgiven. That though they may be living in rebellion now, that's okay. When they die, they're still going to heaven. That's heresy. That's the doctrine of inclusion. Heresy. Okay? But, 
I can understand why people go that route, given their misunderstanding of what the scripture teaches concerning Christ's atonement. Now, there are some people out there um, who, who know that there are people who are going to go to hell, who understand that there are uh, that those who don't trust Christ will not enter the kingdom of God. What Jesus said was, was true. Unless you're born again, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. They believe this. They know this. But they are the same ones who also believe and argue against Calvinists that Jesus died for everybody and not just a select group of people or the elect. But if you disagree with that and you believe that Christ died for the whole world, I'm going to beat that dead horse. Then you do believe that everybody's sins forgiven. Now, you could deny it all day long. But that's the logical conclusion to what you believe. Sorry, that's the case. So given that, I would call you and ask you to repent of that understanding and believe the scriptures. Set your emotions to the side and believe the scriptures. All right, now this is just Colossians 2.13. Remember, I talked about last week about Ephesians 1, about talking about how those who are in Christ are like, man, like their salvation is sure. I talked about John 10. Um, 2730 in my Facebook live about what that means for those who are God's sheep who are Christ's sheep he knows who they are they won't follow a stranger they're his and no one can snatch them out of his hands these are these are beautiful truths but if we go to if we go too far and say well Jesus died for everybody you know he died for everybody's sins well everybody's going to heaven because you can't say that person that Jesus died for their sins but if they don't believe they won't receive it isn't unbelief a sin? Then Jesus didn't die for all their sins. That's true. Either he died for all their sins or he, or he didn't. So that's that. Um, you haven't been on long enough. If you have any questions about this, if you have any pushback at all, please feel free. Contact me. Leave a comment. Let's discuss it some more. I'm open to it. Thank you once again for joining me for another edition of the Prescriber Truth Podcast. Please, if you found this helpful, please share it, like it, and subscribe to this channel if you're new. Check out more Prescriber Truth on the side. And remember, in a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. <laughs>